Hi, and welcome to Serious About Sustainability, the podcast series brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric's Ikadan Air Source Heat Pump. I'm Max Halliwell from Ikadan, and you're listening to a series of podcasts all about renewable home heating. We'll be covering a range of topics from the perspective of UK homeowners, self-builders, contractors and housing associations. Our show today is called Heat Pumps, the Future Home Standard. My guest is Chris Ricketts, Business Consultancy Manager at Elmhurst Energy. Welcome, Chris. It's great to have you on the podcast today. How are things going? Are you keeping well? I am very well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of getting to the end of our summer, you know, trying to appreciate the the next heat wave that's supposed to be coming our way, you know, <laughs> before we head into that. I've got kids, so they, they all go back to school soon, you know, and uh, college. So, uh, yeah, trying to make the most of the, the summertime where we can. August has been a bit of a damp squib so far, but uh, you never know. We might have an Indian summer, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which would be nice. So I, I generally go away in October and actually we always tend to have a really good week, a half term week, you know, it uh, tends to be sunny. I think, you know, so I think we get some really good weather, September, October time. Excellent. Yeah. I've heard that the seasons are kind of shifting. Maybe it's something yeah. to do with uh, the global changes that we're going to be yeah, talking about change. today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris, um, Elmhurst Energy, uh, we've been involved and partnered with um, you for several years now. So there's a relationship yeah. between Elmhurst and Mitsubishi Electric. Perhaps it would be a good place to start if you would give our listeners a brief overview of what Elmhurst Energy does, the projects that we've partnered on, and your role in the business, Chris. Yeah, and I I think that's a good point because I think you'll have a number of uh, listeners that will sort of come across Elmhurst in in, in different guises, really. Um, So put the framework, really. Elmhurst Energy is a a group of companies, and, and Elmhurst Energy Systems is the UK's largest accreditation scheme. You know, so anyone that does EPCs on your domestic properties and commercial properties, uh, they do new build compliance, uh, new value calculations, uh, air conditioning um, uh, inspections. Uh, that that's that that's the main side of the business, and, and I head up the consultancy side. And 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 in that that bit where we specialise, uh, we it's all about advice and sort of services for the sort of built environment, um, and. You know, some of the things that I like to get involved with is we do a lot of sort of research work. We do a lot of um, government sort of like grant funded sort of we call partners and subcontractors in sort of developing the new standards or even new technology uh, and a lot of sort of technical reporting and modeling, which is where we've obviously been to, together on and up for a number of years. And uh, um, and I think you've been quite progressive as a, as a company in trying to understand how your products are sort of applied in there's a there's a there's a standard assessment um sort of procedure for carrying out energy performance on buildings and and you've always wanted to understand how do my products perform in that versus standard defaults within the system versus traditional approaches and is there certain products better than others for different archetypes of buildings and and i think that's been quite clever really of you because that that's allowed you as a company to to talk to your customers your developers and your sort of like the retrofit markets and say we've got perfect product for you you know it'll help you meet your yeah, standards. absolutely yeah. it's, it's been um it's been really useful doing the uh, the preemptive work as such to sort of like model and give yeah. um people uh, especially you know, developers new builders planners etc of what potentially the future looks like 
So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting few years. So I mean, all this very much is linked to the UK becoming um, net zero twenty fifty. Yeah. Still the target. I mean, everything's driving to towards that. Uh, you know, the, the roadmap to net zero and. Yeah, there's been so much press recently about heat pumps. Um, Boris is in the press quite often, uh, yeah. making making comments. You know, he's he's very pro, as are the government. They've hung their hat on heat pumps being one of the technologies. So, um, so what's your views on the number of heat pumps installed at the moment? And uh, this this roadmap they're talking about the, I mean, they're talking about six hundred thousand heat pumps per annum by twenty twenty eight. So, what's your oh. what's your views? Where where are we going with this? Uh, well, and it's it's funny because I've, I've spoken to other manufacturers and to wholesalers and to installers, and you know, and, and this is only sort of like thumbnail sort of benchmark. But but I'm hearing, you know, there's probably only about thirty thousand installs of heat pumps today, you know, at, with a let's say a thousand installers. So that six hundred thousand you were talking about, you know, is 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 quite a significant jump, and it, it feels like, oh, you know, can, can that happen? Um, but there are, you know, and I've been involved in other sort of schemes with the government for for training. So there is that there, there is money being ploughed into different areas to upskill people, to allow all that sort of assessment work and sizing work. Um, and I think there will be a number of people will step into it. This this this, a, this is actually a buoyant sort of sector of the industry. Um, so I, I think people sort of say, "Oh, that sounds like a big number," but actually. You as a manufacturer can easily deliver those numbers if you're you're, you're given the right you know flags to say yeah we're going to be doing it it's going to be coming over the hill. Um, the the challenge there will be making sure that you can get a good say thirty thousand installers on a national basis because it is it's not just pockets of areas it's it, it's got it's got to be national there'll be people off grid people in city centres you know there'll be big multi story sort of development so yeah I I think that the challenge there will be that that speed and i'm sure actually a lot of that will fall back into the the likes of people like yourself you know that you'll end up by having whole cpds and you know and, and training schemes you know to, to bring people on board um but I, I actually think it can be done but i just think it just needs a little bit more notice rather than uh tomorrow we need x number of people you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah we've got we've got the we've got a i mean if the roadmap for future homes is in place we've always said that's a, a great indicator, at least. I mean, we're going to be talking about this today in terms of the yeah. um, the Part L, the building regulations. There's a topic that I want to cover with you. Um, but, I mean, this whole thing, you, you're right, is linked to um, the availability of installs. We, we are moving into the electric economy, you know, how we power our homes, uh, how we create that electricity, and then how that grid will change the future and becomes more sustainable. So, really, um, it's difficult to see what other technology apart from heat pumps in the short to medium term could make quite a big impact? That's, that's yeah, kind of our feeling. I, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would say, uh, you know, I see the sort of the, the landscape's changing and, and when it's changing, you don't see it. You know, it's only when you look back, do you suddenly notice, oh, well, actually those milestones have happened or this has been put in place. There are levers, so we say, or, you know, incentives being put in place. So all of that is happening but you probably don't sort of aggregate it together to to, to realise that we're on this that we're on this journey, uh, and I, and I suppose if you go back to the beginning of this sort of net zero journey, that you know there was a whole you know, the government has spent lots of consultation 
um, and, and lots of reports. And there, there, there was a realization that the flight path, you know, this trajectory of, of getting to net zero by 2050 wasn't going to happen just by carrying on. We, 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 it was either going to be a cliff edge right at the end or, or you know, they, ne- they needed to bring it down very, a lot quicker. So, they, so there's certain milestones that they got in their mind to, to, to accelerate this sort of change. And with that acceleration of change, is it, they're sort of preparing future buildings to be low carbon. You know, so, you know, they're, they're, it's flow rates. They talk about flow rates so that we have lower flow rates. And, you know, in the UK, I'm an ex building services engineer, you know, you, you do your heating system in a house with a boiler, it's 80, 70, you know, that's, uh, it, and it's been a default for years, you know, but we need to start adopting lower f- flow temperatures so that the technology is adaptable in the future as well. So it's not just about, you know, and that's why they want to put milestones in place. And we'll, we'll get to this in a bit about there is this future standard, but let's not just drop it in our laps. Let's put something in place, you know, an interim thing that forces people's hands, you know, and they're going to be the nudges, you know, that make us yeah. go towards it. And as a consequence of those nudges, it will be become more difficult to utilize, you know, fossil fuel heating products. You know, it, you know, it will be easier to use a low carbon technology to, to achieve it. So it, it falls into the hands of heat pumps easily. You know, so yeah, I, I I definitely think, you know, that heat pumps will be a crucial technology, you know, to to meet our obligations for carbon, you know, in in the future, and 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 we'll come on to that in a, in a little bit more, I'm sure. Certainly, a lot to uh, take in. So, you've you've started touching on the future building standard. Um, yeah, can you just take us through? Uh, succinctly what that is and i think what we do we talk about that and then we get into i think the first step which is which you alluded to was the the changes in the the building regulation so can you just take us through the new future building standard yeah so that so so there was a sort of following a commitment of the clean growth strategy the the government announced we're going to have this future home standard Uh, and that was to ensure that new homes built from 2025 would be 75 to 80 percent less in carbon emissions than homes currently built under current regulations and to achieve that standard for 2025 there were going to be certain milestones and changes to the building regulations to keep dwellings being built on that path so it wasn't going to all happen at once this cliff edge i was talking about earlier on um, but those changes are definitely going to impact the delivery of heat pumps because heat pumps will be able to meet those obligations a lot easier than using a fossil fuel boiler. So that's uh, so the future home standard is this, you know, we're going to have this standard, 2025, future-proofed, low-carbon heating, world-leading le- levels of energy efficiency, any new home, 75 to 80% lower CO2 than current regulations. And to do that, we're going to start uplifting some building regulations from, it's going to be June next year. Right, so that's part L conservation of heat and power. The, that's 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 the main one, I believe. Co- co- correct. So when, when so building standards, you know, there are several parts. You know, there, there's there's several documents that form part of it. Uh, and one of the key areas, you know, if you want to go and build a house today, uh, you have to have uh, an assessment done in your your home, the building uh, control officer, and he will want certain documentation populated. And part L 
is is about the energy conservation uh, and it's about the energy use of your building and it has to meet a a a, a criteria uh, and if it doesn't meet that and if it doesn't get that compliance you wouldn't be allowed to build it because it's it's one of the aspects of of, of building control so yes so partel is the important part of you know for which is the bit we're interested in you know so that's all, that's all about that doesn't look at energy is used for boiling my kettle for a cup of tea like we're having now you know it, but, but it's all about the energy i'm using to heat my home for hot water for heating which i'm using for ventilation that kind of thing right so as you've kind of touched on so the expectation in these new standards will significantly increase what you make i uh, or keeping what you make with thermal efficiency i presume mm-hmm. is what is one level and then you've got the low carbon side so pushing everything towards low carbon and those two things hand in hand as you say lowering flow temperatures which i believe in the consultation they want to limit to 55 for anything is my understanding yeah so the yeah. combination of all these things so, so overall what sorry can you just go over what was the overall percentage drop you think did you know that, Chris? Yeah, so they, I think it was 31%. They, they, in their consultation, they had a number of presentations of, so in, of saying, if we did it this way, we, we, we could do an uplift uh, in a 21% or 31% or something like that. Um, and they were sort of stricter standards. And, and their challenge was, was, do we do a low step now and then have a future bigger step for 2025 or do we sort of like go for it now so that a little bit later on isn't such a big impact uh, and, and i think this is one of these nudges and one of these levers that that, 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 that the government have decided in the end you know that they said Let, let's go for this big step you know that standard of a 31 percent uplift you know because ultimately what they're trying to address is that 40 percent of our sort of uk's total energy uses is coming from heating and powering buildings so if, if they can affect that then you know they're having a big impact upon you know our, our our consumption of energy and the emissions that come come as a result of it absolutely i call this the um hidden carbon especially in people's homes yeah. We're very um very quick to point out you know large vehicles or international flights etc but Many people just forget about the um, the carbon emissions from heating their hot water and their central heating system. So it's uh, it's incredibly important we do this. Yeah, and I, and and I, and I think um, you know there's been things going on. We'll, we'll come on to this in a minute. Is it is it, I don't think we've realised that the national grid for you know generating electricity of which we're all using in our homes in some form or another whether we're using it for heating or hot water um has been progressively changing in 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 the background you know and we just you know turn on flip the kettle on or I might be using uh I might have heat pumps today I might have panel heaters or you know or you know I'm running a fan you know we we don't realize where that energy is coming from um until somebody sort of like, sort of tells us you know, and there are certain apps you can go and look, and you can see how the the, the mix has changed. You know, but it, it it's definitely changed over the the, the number of years, um, dramatically from the eighties, and even in the last couple of years, it's 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 made a, a big change. 
Um, I love I love that little app. Um, you've probably got it, the Grid Carbon app. Yeah, yeah. Where you can see the energy mix at a glance, can't you? And uh, day to day, and uh, I think uh, virtually now you never see any coal. In some days, I think it's fifty percent is coming from renewables, and a You're bit right. sunny and windy enough. Yeah. Um, but it's quite incredible to see the changes, as you say, over quite a short space of time. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly. And 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 as that's that's the consequence that has sort of led them into sort of like saying, well, actually, low carbon technology should be using electricity. You know, that's it, and and it just makes it you know, because my grid is now low carbon. You know, it's, I'm not using a fuel, not gas or oil, which is you know, it definitely has. It's a fossil fuel, and therefore it has a it's got it's got a carbon content, and I'm burning it and I'm discharging that into a, my atmosphere. If I'm if I'm using the electrical grid then actually if my grid is 50% renewable, as you've just mentioned, uh, I, I'm starting to use a low-carbon source. And as, that, as that's progressively getting better, um, so coal has become has, has shrunk down. Uh, so they're all, all of the power stations that are, you know, are now practically all gas-fired. There's nuclear, interestingly, isn't, isn't a huge proportion. When I look at the, the last things I, I was saying, it was actually a very small proportion. Um, if you open your app now, I can't remember what it would be. There won't yeah, be anything I'll have a little online, peek my you know. app now as we, as we talk, <laughs> see what's going on today. Because they're in the, they're in sort of decommissioning. And you know on a windy day, like you say, you look on there and you just go, whoa, you know, and it's peaked 53%, you know, because it's come from wind power. Yeah, not too windy today. So wind's only 5.5%, 1,800 megawatts, whereas solar, uh, 5,800 megawatts, 17.2%. So yeah. uh, pretty good. We're still, of course, heavily reliant on gas, uh, about 40% today. So the figure today is 242 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. So, but I mean, that's a, that's a, a huge reduction on um, the previous fa- um, SAP figure, isn't it? Oh, massively so. And, and this is, I suppose, if I, go, if I just go back a bit of step, because I, I mentioned this standard sort of assessment procedure, uh, and, and we mentioned in Partel about, you know, how we measure energy in buildings. Uh, and so there's a, a calculation method. The government created this calculation method uh, for, for measure energy in buildings. So it looks at your, your building, the, the size of it. Uh, how, how much window space in relation to your your walls, how many external walls, how many internal walls, you know, boundering against other properties that may be internally heated. Uh, it looks at where they are in the country. So it picks up sort of like uh, the weather characteristics for something in the Pennines or in the, the Highlands or somewhere down in the Southwest. Uh, and then it starts to sort of build the energy used for that that that, that building. So it says, oh, I've got a boiler, or I've got a heat pump. This is my energy input to, to, to this building, and I'm creating this much. Uh, I need to heat this building seven kilowatts worth of heating and two kilowatts worth of hot water. And it, and it, and it uses all of these in this calculation method by p- p- putting all this data in. Um, and it comes up with a, a number of outputs. And, and these outputs that, that we probably – day-to-day people would know you know every man on the street if i've bought or sold a house recently or i've uh, rented a property you've asked for an epc an energy performance certificate and, and, and what's come with that it normally is some little bar chart you it, it, a bit similar to the ones you see on your appliances uh, and it will give you a rating of b or c or d or whatever it might be so and it's called an asset rating and it's and that tells you initially where does this building perform sort of in comparison 
as a benchmark against lots of other buildings. So it's the same calculation method. So you've got a reference point and a benchmarking opportunity to, to compare things against each other. Um, and, and behind all of that is a sort of calculation of uh, sort of the, the heat transfer coefficient of a building. And that, and, and that tells you how much energy your, your building will use then uh, and how much CO2 emissions are going to come from it and what your greenhouse gas sort of impact will be. So there's a, so a number of sets, sets of metrics that are being used within that. Um, and what drives a lot of that is to say, my fabric has to meet certain standards. So I live in a 1930s house and my building regulations at that time wouldn't didn't need to have a cavity wall. Uh, I've got bits of cavity on the, the low bin, Well, windows would have been to a certain standard. Uh, roofs would have been uninsulated. But progressively over the number of years, the regulations have sort of said, we've got to make this building more energy efficient, you know, and we're going to improve the standard of that construction. Uh, and so there will be different styles of construction uh, and different components and elements making it up. But they've made that uh, building more firmly efficient. You know, and, and if you can make a building more firmly efficient, then I have to put less heat input into that, you know, and hence use yep. by reducing the amount of energy, you know, um, that's one way of saving. Uh, and then I've got to find an efficient way of creating that energy uh, for, for that building. So that drove a whole, uh, the efficiencies on, uh, you know, boilers and hot water generators and this kind of thing. So their efficiencies moved from the 80s into the, the late 90s and 99% and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was significantly more. It's kind so, of um, the, the le- so the, the, we I think we touched on it to start with the lean mean green approach so, you know and, and the building regulations are just driving that as you say is it every four years they're changed or something like that yeah yeah and and I think there was a little bit of a delay in the in the, in the last set you know and I'm not sure if COVID was a reason for that or you know they, or just there's a lot going on you know with with the government but yeah they, they they're always these are the nudges these are the levers that people use it. Have I got a bit of legislation or regulation in place? You know, people have to comply and that just keeps making the move each time and keeps dragging, you know, but this is, you know, we're talking about domestic in general here, but that also applies to commercial sector. It tends to follow after the right, domestic yes, yep. sector. So, you know, we're talking about all the homes we're living in, but there will be all these buildings, you know, where there'll be a warehouse or an office and these kind of things. They they will also have to comply to, to new standards and their standards will, will be nudged forward as well. So, you know, they're part of the building stock that, that, that make up our energy consumption in the UK. Of course. So there's a, there's a lot of information to take in there, Chris. So let's talk about the the timeline for the future homes building standards. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think because uh, this is you know this is like a little mini roadmap in its own its its, its own way in this whole net zero we were talking about uh, and there's lots of work to, to do you know so uh, and there'll be sort of like technical working groups set up and industrial task force and case studies you know and early adopters and uh, for, for that to be enforced from 2025 so the the current milestones are so at the beginning of this year January 2021 the Future building standard consultation was was put out, and 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 that has lots of respondents from developers to manufacturers like yourself to in, in um, companies like ourselves, you know, involved with the accreditation and that whole sort of uh, measurement and training in of of energy in the in the, in the marketplace. There is 
so that that consultation was was published and then, and then obviously they get some the government gets some feedback and they have an understanding then you know they they got their finger on the pulse um to get to that standard then we 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 mentioned talking about bringing some interim standards in place so december 21 and this is the current timeline we have there will be an interim part f and part l uh, which is overheating sort of regulations for the building standards so that they they will come out and we'll understand okay so what here's my milestone for for what, what we need to be moving in that gives us 6 months then before they commence so june 2022 those interim standards will then commence and anything that's going to be built will have to conform to that building standard from june 2022 spring 23 then there's going to be some consultation on the future home standard and with 2024 being the idea that they're going to publish that standard and it will become in force then for 2025. For that to happen, obviously, then there's a bit of research that's, that's going to go on. So so they, they've given us a heads up. We know what the interim standards are going to be. Um, so there's going to be an implementation sort of stage. You know, they're going to be technical working routes sort of established for the beginning probably of next year. There are going to be some industrial sort of task force you know they, they, they will look at it and in particular what they'll be looking for is developing the evidence space you know for implementing the standards uh, and this is where these early adopters come into place and uh, you know i've been speaking to some developers you know and they are looking at different sites and uh, they are they're playing with lots of different things from different fabric construction you know to different sort of technology for pv and wastewater recovery different uh, heating systems hot water systems uh, construction in and in in being a thermal mass low thermal mass and high thermal mass uh, and, and they're doing their own work you know to because they're trying to meet cost models that's what developers do you know they try you know uh, and actually you know, they they tend to want to just revert to type because that's what they know. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that <laughs> um, <laughs> time is ticking on. I mean, we've um, we were recently doing some work with a developer called um, Hopkins and Moore, and they but, seem yeah. very ahead of the curve already in terms of what they're doing with um, with heat pumps, um, especially in off gas areas. You know, they've basically said, you know, why why on earth would you consider oil, LPG, or storage heaters now when you've got a technology like heat pumps available yeah uh, yeah we visited a development um last week 30 odd properties various sizes all with heat pumps i said it's an absolute no-brainer yeah oh it's it's uh, in fact i worked with um on, on another sort of government research project there was a this is a company and that's that's their whole raison d'etre in life is that they go and look at communities uh that are in the rural area and it's about transposing them from a fossil fuel technology today into heat pumps you know, and, and and they go and do all their whole assessment, and they build up sort of finance plans and all this kind of thing. They work as a community, and they do it as community sections. You know, and they do that across the southeast. So, yeah. You mentioned the the big first step for me that everybody's focused on is obviously this change, this first step change in part of the building regulations. And I think it yeah. was uh, this week or end of last week that um, SAP ten point two. Um, yes was uh was published i mean it's very much to me i had a quick skim through it i'm not an expert obviously but, um looking at 10.1 the big thing for me there's the uh from our point of view and from the industry's point of view is the grid emission factor um is still 
incredibly low. Um, they've they've carried it through. Did you have any thoughts on that? Is that what you were expecting? Yeah, I, I, and, and I suppose let me just explain where we are. So the building regulations today use actually a SAP standard 2012. It's uh, and so the new one is not is not being called 2021. It's being called SAP 10. So uh, that, so SAP 10 is going to be the calculation method, and the 10.1 and the 10.2 are sort of iterations as they've gone out to consultation, had some feedback. Okay, this is what we 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 now need to make as our sort of defaults within that. So that will be the uh, U values for the the, the fabric, um, but also. As part of the calculations, there, there are a number of aspects they use, you know, cost of electricity, the, uh, as you just mentioned, the sort of different fuels will have a different amount of um, emissions that are associated with them. And previously, they, they, they actually um, benefited things like oil and gas for rural. We were just talking about rural. Things. So they made it easier for buildings that were off-grid to comply by ad- adjusting these factors. So what they've done now is because we've decarbonized our network, a national grid, uh, electricity then has got a better s- sort of uh, factor associated with it. Uh, still still high, interestingly enough. And I think that, that it might be that they'll move it again when they actually come to the future home standard. You know, that is only my faults. I have got no idea. You know, they sometimes make some, ch- some changes to nudge it a little bit more. Uh, they incentivize you know, as, as a consequence, they may incentivize people by going to electricity, by making it easier to comply, because these will be factors within the compliance. But there are a number of metrics. I, I suppose I should step back one bit. In the assessment procedure, there are a number of metrics that have to be met. Uh, and, it, and it's not just a number 22, I've got to be less than 22. It's a calculation. So they compare the home or the dwelling that you're doing against a notional building, which is of the same volume and same size as, as, as the one you're actually doing some calculations on uh, against certain sets of factors of U values and grid factors and CO2 factors and energy and this kind of thing. Uh, and therefore, you can manipulate lots of aspects of your building uh, to meet your compliance. Uh, so you can be really, really firmly efficient. Uh, but actually, you still be penalised because you've chosen a dirty technology, say, um, you know, like an oil, um, and therefore your CO2 may be too high. And it's one of the metrics that it wouldn't meet on. And so you get this sort of like generally the fuels you're using, whether it be mains gas, oil, LPG, electrics. But bear in mind what we're doing with heat pumps is I'm not just taking direct heat uh, electricity into a panel heater. I've got a coefficient of performance, essentially. You know, so for every kilowatt I'm putting in or, or drawing out of the, the the grid, I'm getting the equivalent of two and a half, three. You know, depending on your coefficient of performance. Indeed, yeah. So you're getting you you uplifting that that energy. Correct, correct. You know, and and that's why you know we're using electricity, a decarbonized grid, heat pumps fit that model perfectly because you're you're getting that uplift. You know, but you know, we've done it when we've done our modelling, haven't we? You know, you 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 look at these areas. That they need to meet on this sort of uh, these metrics, these compliance metrics. You know, primary energy, carbon emissions, <laughs> and you know, you put a heat pump in there. I, I don't have to worry about my carbon emissions. I've, I've met it already because I, I, I'm using something yeah. that is you know, is already multiplied. 
you know, I've taken kilowatt and I've got, you know, three and a half kilowatt out of it or whatever. Uh, so I'm meeting my carbon emissions easily. Um, I've, I've got a challenge about making sure I meet some minimum standards around my sort of fabric and the, the sort of services. And, what are them, and all of those metrics, they, they feel they, they compete a little bit, you know, so you can't just, it, but by complying with one, you sort of sort of force a problem somewhere else sometimes. But they're, they're aimed to give you a sort of a balanced approach of energy use. So they're trying to get you to control the amount of energy you're putting into a building by being firmly efficient. They're trying to make you then use a, uh, a an energy source, which is low in carbon. And if you choose not to use a low in carbon one, then you're going to have to do something better with your fabric or you're going to have to offset it. You know, so they, they're forcing your hand in, in, in a way, in different ways, which is why it falls very much into the sort of the lap of heat pumps because you meet on lots of different areas for it, you know, and, and, and I think that's what, um, you know, because the primary energy aspect you've got there is, is, is electricity, like I say, we're going to go back to that decarbonized grid element that we've got. Um, they've made, they've improved it um, compared to what it used to be. You know, there used to be a big penalization on, on electricity. They've actually made it better versus old standards now. Um, and if you look at things like gas and oil and LPG, you know, there's been sort of negligible sort of changes on, on, on those. So electric, electrics, Selling to grid and taking from the grid have been have really benefited from it. So you know that's falls into the hands, like I say, of, of heat pumps. The Mitsubishi electric Ikadan air source heat pump switched from fossil fuels like oil, LPG, and storage heaters to clean, renewable home heating. Visit ikadan.co.uk for more information. Ikadan serious about sustainability. So there's an awful lot happening. There's a there's the good news is there's a there's a timeline, there's a plan. Yeah. But right now, um, what does this all actually mean to developers and builders, um, people making changes to buildings? What does this actually mean? It's like now in the short term. Yeah. So today, if if and and, and actually this this is one of the aspects that they changed in the consultation. So if I've started a plot today uh, and I've, I'm allowed, as, as soon as I've done the foundations and I've put one, one building on that plot, I can develop the rest of that plot to those previous standards. Once these new standards come in place, uh, they have to build all new buildings to that plot. You know, and, and, that, and that actually means if there's a change as well, if, if, if they... Um, because it's now not on a plot basis, it's now on a construction basis, you know, of, of each site. So uh, actually that will mean that people will be buying homes that are current regulations rather than rather some than, site that so this started. Is the, this, this is the breaking ground um, Correct. rule that's, that a lot of people are really unhappy about. You could you could potentially be buying a property, maybe two two generations old in terms of building regs is that correct yeah i mean it, it, essentially if i developed a site you know and there might have been a plot of land at the end of it which you know because builders build developers build you know as they need they don't just go and build 100 houses and then just hope they can sell them all they build 10 you know they sell those 10 they do the number 10 and then another 10 you know and and suddenly there might be another another developer down the road building another plot of houses uh and they might it, it might sort of like slow down so they might not develop the next set for another year or so 
you know so so these things come out of sync really very very easily so you could have bought a house in one plot year one and they might have built finished finished that plot i don't know five years later and there could have been a change in standards you know but you're buying against an old standard you know when they when, when they were built so that that's that's going to end then so that makes that you know so that keeps that current you know that's 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 going to be there so the the challenge for the developers there is coming up with a specification and i guess this is this this sort of leads to that sort of what's what are the barriers for developers today um and, and we've spoken to a to a number of developers so they're looking at what are their specs that their whole challenge is is economies of scale i i need to be able to build up in the northwest down in the southwest you know, they generally have a model and spe- spec that they're going to build to. Building tends to be similar sets of archetypes and sizes that they're work- working with, but they can have that anywhere. And, and they've got a whole sort of generation of of, of tradesmen, you know, that uh, are, know how to construct them. They know, you know, how wide are, you know, what, what the cable ties will be, how wide those cavities should be, what the thickness of the insulation is. So that's 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 done it's a very easy default position and, and their challenge now is they've got to decide what's my new one going to be to be able to meet these future building standards uh what technology do i want to put in it do i want to incorporate waste heat recovery systems do i want to put pv on the roof do i want to put you know charging uh for for cars all of this kind of thing so they're trying to build a spec because they're, they're all about making a cost model that is repeatable. Yeah, of course. Anywhere in the country, you know. So, so the barrier for them is that you know when when I speak to them and they they go, you know, I've, I've just got to make this work. You know, I've got to build. You know, we've got a site up in Northumberland, and we'll get local labour to go and do that. And we want we want them to be able to just go and do it. And we want an after sales that you know people are working with that. So they 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 don't like change because. They like to input it, and then that can roll out for a number of years. And this is me saying this is, you know, so this is my my, my opinion. But that's coming from conversations. So their challenge at the moment is, well, what's the spec I need to develop? You know, and how do I, you know? And what's the cost of that change in that spec? You know, and is it radically more expensive? You know, and which top technologies do I want to use? And if I use this technology, can I save some cost over in here? So, so this is why these early adopters are, are, are really good because they will start to play and go, I'm going to take this spec for my construction uh, and I can use this technology from low carbon uh, heat pump over here uh, and I'll do this uh uh, this set of windows and I'll put this much insulation in. And in fact, if I was to perhaps have a wider cavity or um, have a thicker insulation or this model of windows, uh, I might have been able to come down a size and that's affected my cost, you know, and, and, and there'll be all of that that they'll, they'll, they'll want to get played. And we get, we get involved with some of them doing that of course. Uh, from, on a desktop modeling. And then they go to site, start building them, and they monitor it, and uh, and they'll 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 then do their whole sort of performance. You know, did it did it work in the way we wanted it to? Did we did what's our timeline for building? Is it harder to build? Is it materials that are more difficult to get hold of, or they're more fluctuating in costs? You know, <laughs> you know, I've come from the building industry, and you know, bricks suddenly can be a shortage. Uh, you know, and there's a, a rapid cost, so they might want blocks and render instead, and then you might hear. 
oh, concrete's difficult to get hold of, or you know, <laughs> plaster's hard. You know, so there are lots of aspects that that they influence them, um, and and they just like things to be simple and repeatable. You know, it's uh, uh, and I, and that's our, our. I think there's a whole learning. You know, I, I don't think the answer's here yet. You know, but I think you know that the, these developers that are at the forefront now are trialing these out. You know, they 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 will learn from it. You know, and uh, and they will try and find the model that that, that best suits. You know, and that's why they'll be coming and having conversations with yourselves. You know, what's going to be the best product for this kind of? You know, I'm building five story blocks of flats or apartments. You know, and I want something that sits. You know, that satisfies my hot water requirement, my heat requirements, and because each of those buildings change, as it, we've done in our modelling. You know, that um, as you go move from detached houses to flats your proportion of space heating to hot water changes you know so that changes well which is the product that i would offer for that you know so yeah so it's it's and they're not experts in any of that they're only they're experts in building you know they just they, they want guidance uh, and that's and that's why they come to you and me don't they to to, to get that intelligence really time has flown We've covered an awful <laughs> lot of ground there, Chris. Um, I've got one last question, really. Um, and that's from your experience at Elmhurst and the changes that we've got to go through. And uh, we are in a climate emergency, of course. Yeah. Um, are you feeling um, an embrace, a, an embracement to this technology changes and, you know, the legislation changes? Or is there, do you think, resistance to, oh, this isn't the way we do things. What, what's what's your experience and Elmhurst experience been? It's 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 a hard one because it's a bit like you preach the converted. You know, so you know, have a conversation with someone you know who is an advocate. You know, you come away from that conversation going, oh yeah, you know, this is really good. And then I can have a conversation with somebody else, you know, and then I realise mm, actually there's you know they they've got a different set of messages in the head or they've got a different set of sort of levers that are working on them. Um, my my general feel, uh, but that's because I'm probably in this industry, is that I think we are progressing, and I do think we are moving. And and, and this is picked up. There's I've got friends of journalists, you know. There, so there is definitely a focus on energy, energy consumption, low carbon emissions. You know, so all of the, all of those factors are going on. Um, we're seeing. The effect we would we discussed it right at the beginning of today, you know, about you know a damp squid August was, you know, climate change is, is having an effect, is a fact, and is having an effect upon us. So I think we're becoming more cognizant of it. So I think there may, you know, and, and, it, and it's it's just groups of people. Some people will be at the bleeding edge. Some will be, you know, the the crowd will be in the middle, going yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there'll be others we have to sort of drag. Um, and I think it's it's unfortunate you you will talk to lots of different people, just as we just mentioned, there'll be sets of developers who will be, yes, we're gonna think about it now. There'll be sets that'll be at the back. There'll be manufacturers who are going, No, we're gonna keep pushing, we're gonna keep pushing. And then there'll be others going, We'll just wait until we're told what to do and we'll do it. You know, so I, I, I but my my feel is we're going in the right direction. I would love to it to accelerate more than it is now. Um, I'm hoping that once the building regs come out next year and enforced, that will just stimulate 
a little bit more. You know, this is this is one of the things you you know. There's a line in the sand now. It has to meet this, you know. And it's and it's it's short term then from 22 to 25 before there's another standard which will be improved again from that. You know, so I would love it to happen a little bit faster though. Well, you know, it's just yeah. <laughs> I, I I just say I've got kids, you know, and I and I think about you know the legacy we leave them. <laughs> so yeah. Chris, thanks ever so much. I've learned so much this afternoon. So thank you for coming on and sharing your your knowledge. That's okay. And there's so much. The, tr- the trouble is, it can be confusing. You know, we you know we we're in a conversation. We fluidly move from one thing to another, and it's you know you to join all the dots. It, and and it's I think this is why these are good because every little bit, every day is a school day. So if we don't have these conversations, we yeah, don't learn thanks. the next bit, and you know, and it helps us move on you know so great again thanks for coming on chris no uh thank you for the opportunity i appreciate it so there you have it heat pumps the future home standard a huge thanks to my guest chris ricketts for coming on the show thanks chris i really learned a lot today i'm sure our listeners did as well too and thank you all for listening please share subscribe rate review the ecodan serious about sustainability podcast until next time goodbye <laughs>